Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, um, my left arm hurts today, um, and um, it was, feel, it was feeling totally fine last night. At 11, 11, no, around 1 in the morning, I woke up with fluish feeling ache around my whole body. Okay. Um, that's the end of the uh, riddle. What, what, what did I do yesterday? You were sailing. I wish. <laughs> I, I got my vaccine. Which one? Yeah. Which one did you get? I got Pfizer. So did I. But uh, so did my, I. I, I'm so feeling did I. it. I'm feeling it in the arm today. And uh, the segue, the famous Greg Hemming segue, is that our guest is also feeling some, some pain today uh, because he had not a pickleball injury, but rather a spike ball injury. And, yes. um, and uh, I, I, I just feel it would be a, a fun warning to all of our listeners who uh, are opening up uh, their spike ball kits at the cottage to hear from our guest, Glenn Hicks, about uh, ways to avoid such damages. Glenn, welcome to yes. The Bowling Point. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So my number one tip is don't play your 18-year-old daughter and her uh, boyfriend as uh, competitors. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of my biggest tip there. So it's myself and a buddy who's six days older than I am. Uh, Jerry Powell, you might know him. Anyways, he, he, uh, we played them and... and uh, Anyways, we lost. Suffice to say, we lost big time. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you got you got injured. I'm just. It's just interesting that we're living. Uh, this is another nice segue, actually, Glenn, because we're living in an age where I, I mean, an age that we're in, like uh, between mid 40s and mid 50s, whatever our ages are in that area. In that range. Yeah. Where we got to protect ourselves. We got to watch our health. Yeah. We got to avoid injury, um, because some of us. Um, our guest, uh, uh, very much included, Glenn, has figured out how to really live life to the max by finding uh, complete career independence uh, uh, through through the digital uh, networks that exist. Um, Glenn, yeah. um, if you were if you were constantly hurting yourself, uh, actually, maybe <laughs> being a digital independent would actually not would actually be valuable there too. I'm not too sure, but uh, I want to talk to you. For, uh, about digital independence, independence. But first of all, before we get to yourself, let's one, talk. About, yeah, one question. Go ahead, Dave. I just I have to know what is spike ball. I have no idea. So okay, so spike ball is a, it's a kind of latest craze. It's a little trampoline net, like a little netting. It's probably about I don't know two and a half feet wide, circular, and you have a little ball. And if you if you remember as kids, we played four square. Yeah. You know, you play the four. It's it's like four square, amped up. For today, it's like little ball, and you spike it. You have to hit the trampoline, get it to the opponent, and then they have to get it to your partner. And it kind of goes back and forth like that. And it tends to go wild. The ball kind of goes wild, and that's when you start, when you know, stupidly lunging for the ball, leaving the earth, coming back to the earth flat, landing on your, you know, your elbow. Um, Hearing ribs crack and pop—that's that's sort of what happened. And, I don't and, know. If that's a complete feature of spike ball, but that was my 
my experience. Well, it sounds appropriate by the name spike ball. Yeah. It sounds dangerous. And I'm just so glad I didn't just fall down the steps. Like that's, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, that's more of a 53 year old kind of rib injury, just tripping over my feet and falling down the steps. So at least it was spike ball. It sounds cool. Good to know. That's a good description. And I, it sounds like an interesting game. Like it another is. game yeah. that I like, uh, coin or was that the washer toss or whatever what's that other game oh yeah yeah it's like it's like horseshoes but it's with the little yeah. uh like yeah. there's all these, all these games i've just had no familiarity with so anyways no. about- go gator do go gator that one we did win go gator so it's a little it's a little bucket with a <laughs> slot in it and two frisbees and it's like horseshoes but it's with frisbees and you and you gotta your your um partner sends it to you and then you gotta uh, jam it down into this little bucket. I, I played it. It's so fun yeah, and hard. It is fun. It's difficult. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what? Uh, again, yet another good segue. The very fact, Glenn, that you know about these games and have the time and the open space right. to be able to figure out all these new, uh, new and old games tells me that you figured something out about your nine to five uh, work schedule, that you've been able to create a a life for yourself where, where spike ball can even exist. Um, but we I still did. need to know who you are and, 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 and right. you station it. I see the big U behind you. I yes, know I and Dave friend. knows what you station is, but uh, we do have listeners all over the place. In fact, who really should come to New Brunswick and, and set themselves down here for a bit and work at you station. But let's, let's start there. Who is Glenn Hicks? Take well, so who's Glenn Hicks? Well, start off. I'm a digital independent. So that's what I, that's what I am. Um, and you may ask, well, what the heck's a digital independent? And because you, you won't be able to Google it yet. I mean, you can Google it, but you won't find much yet. You will find a lot about digital nomads. And uh, I say digital nomad is someone that's, you know, pretty portable, living a freedom lifestyle, kind of working when they want, where they want. Um, and they make their livelihood over the internet. That's kind of like a digital nomad. A couple of things about the digital nomads, they typically trend younger, although there are some older digital nomads, but they typically in their 20s and 30s. They usually go to exotic places like Thailand and, and others, and they usually live in a, either out of a backpack, a suitcase, or a bus. So, you know, I, when I sat back and looked at my situation, I said, well, you know, I've, I've, um, and maybe I should back up even further. I had spent 27-ish years as a corporate IT executive for the phone company, starting with MBTEL here and went through multiple mergers and acquisitions and, and uh, the like until finally Bell uh, bought us and became part of a really, really, really big company. And um, got to a point where, um, you know, for me to do the work I love, I would have had to move to Toronto or Montreal, and that just wasn't of interest to me. Uh, so I worked myself at a job and, and found myself at, uh, at uh, 48 with Freedom 48. So not needing a job, but really having to work. Like, I got to do something. My golf game sucks, um, and I'm not really interested in improving it. So, so I, did, I needed to contribute professionally. So that's kind of where uh, I, be, I became a digital independent. Um, I had a lot of offers or options to get another kind of like job locally like there's a number of CIO roles and and IT roles here locally within Atlantic and it just 
didn't really interest me to kind of go back to that traditional, um, I'll say nine to five, but it's more like, you know, eight to eight kind of, of a life, um, traditional corporate life. So, so that's when I, I decided to do something different and uh, where digital independence was born. So just back on d- digital nomad difference, um, you know, I have a couple of houses and we have lots of stuff here. So we can't really pick up and go to Thailand. I have a family. So really didn't fit the nomad things. I don't really rock a Speedo on a beach. So it just wasn't, wasn't quite, didn't quite capture what I was, what I, what I was about. Um, but digital independence is really about independence first. And then the way you make your professional impact, the way you, um, way I connect globally with colleagues and the way that I manage finances is through the internet digitally. So that's kind of the, the two pieces. So it's really independence first and then digital is the tool. So awesome. that's kind of, that's a big, long uh, introduction. No, it's good. Um, it's so yeah. funny because we were just we were just in an interview uh, with with uh, a gentleman. Steve, Steve. Uh, and, and Glenn, Glenn, you know Steve. I, uh, David Alston probably connected you guys. Uh, uh, Steve Anderson. Uh, yes, 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 I do. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. we just interviewed him. So uh, okay. last week, if you listen last week, whenever yours is published, you'll, you'll be able to hear Steve's interview. And he's he's a, a great definition of, of the nomad, the digital nomad. And uh, right. it's so cool that um, that there's that you've been able to differentiate because it's so true. Uh, just a, a quick injection. Um, I've been blessed to be able to travel a lot of a lot of this beautiful earth and country everywhere, and. Um, I, I got a lot of that out of my, out of I don't want to say system, but in my twenties and thirties, I I saw the world, and I'm at this stage right now where I'm on the Saint John River, Kennebecasis River. I don't want to go anywhere else. I'm just liking this, but I love the concept of being independent from having to be tied to to, to a geography. So, and it's probably yeah. a certain type of brain that needs that. Um, it's a freedom brain. Like, even though yes. you're still going to work to bricks and mortar every day, probably at U station or many nope. days, if you want. Okay. Nope. Nope. Uh, you could though. You certainly could. I could though. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's there for you. So it's not yeah. like you've got a need to, to, you don't have itchy feet, but you, you want to have choice to go to work or not. Exactly. Yeah. And awesome. when, when, I I, when I work, you know, when I work, uh, um, sometimes it's, you know, three o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it's, um, I'm feeling uh, one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to jump on the sea do and go sea do for the afternoon. Like that would have been unheard of in my past life because I had to go to the office. I had to, you know, I had responsibilities. I had I was employed by somebody at a big job, all that kind of stuff, you know, say good morning to my men at eight o'clock in the morning and say goodbye to nobody at eight o'clock. Yeah. At night. And so it was that kind of life. And you felt guilty if you stepped out of the office for an hour or so, right. Or even to, even and as silly as it sounds, even to go make my daughter's um, uh, practice or or volleyball game or something like that, like those, it, it, that's the kind of psyche that sort of that traditional nine to five mentality, especially with larger, you know, medium to larger size organization. But it's not smaller organizations aren't immune to that. There's a lot of uh, management culture, traditional culture that you know you got to be in the office. Um, now that's being you know, thrown about with COVID, which is great. I think it's starting to attack some of those things. Um, but even with COVID and working from home, the, the 
attitude still exists. That culture can still exist, and which is keeping people on Zoom calls all day long, which is exhausting. These companies that are start starting up that do monitoring, like employee uh, employee monitoring, see how many keystrokes, like yeah. are you at your computer? Brutal, oh, Greg. It's some of these things actually look around the room to see if you have an Xbox and, and if there's anybody there, are you locking up here? So these, these management oversight for remote workers, all those companies should be just destroyed, right? In my yes. opinion, <laughs> but yes. absolutely. But, but it, it's, it's, it's trying to recreate that traditional office life in a work from home remote scenario, right? So that's kind of the big change for me is getting out of that traditional office mindset that had for so long to one of complete freedom. Um, and there's a whole bunch of things that come with it. I, I don't get Sunday scaries anymore. So I don't know if uh, most of you know what Sunday scaries are, but uh, I'd love, yeah. love to get rid of mine. Uh, I tell you, you're right. Cause there's, there's, it's always exciting to show up at work on Monday. Like it's not a bad thing, but Sunday afternoon, it's like, why yeah. is it already Sunday afternoon? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then you start to, you know, you left with your hair on fire on Friday, you know, and uh, because it's TGIF and, and then Sunday comes and it's like, oh my God, those three meetings I have in the morning or the emails I forgot to get, didn't get to the, the inbox, all that kind of stuff. Um, I haven't had them in five years and Probably. I'm still contributing professionally. You know, I've done a number of consulting uh, gigs. Um, I've started a, a, a business that does have a brick and mortar component to it, which is Ustation. So it's a support uh, company for digital independence and remote workers and and in, uh, yeah, independence. So so uh, we have a beautiful location here, and we're adding more locations and options and spaces for for people to 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 use. Uh, but th- that goes away. Um, but then again, so does the, that Friday elation of the weekends here. Like Saturday can just be when you have ultimate freedom. Like you don't have to be somewhere. You don't have to report to someone, you know, it also, okay, well, Friday night, Friday night, no different than Thursday night. So there's, there's things that you need to get used to in the transition um, and having too much freedom, especially if you're kind of a, a type A personality that wants to have impact, wants to get stuff done. Um, the, the opportunities could be endless. So, so you do need to provide yourself with some structure. And some people need some people need a lot of structure. Like I do need a place to go every day, and that's that's okay. Um, but I, what I found is is uh, I'm, I'm loving this this freedom life. I uh, I've been able to spend time with my with my kids uh, that I never did uh, when when I was in a traditional job. I've been you know volunteer parent for multiple days at uh, Trigo and and uh, uh, zipline here, um, tipper top, and uh, been able to make all my daughter's three o'clock games, which I never did before. So that was really special time that I, if I was in a traditional job, um, I would have never got to experience. So those yeah. were, that's why I'm, that's why I'm gonna wipe the grin off my face in, in five years now. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. 
4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. You know, it's, <clears throat> I'm listening and um, it's funny because I, <clears throat> I, I, like you, you really can appreciate what you have in terms of digital independence now. And I like that term and because we were, we were in our last conversation and it's funny because um, Steve was talking about being in Thailand. Right? Um, right. And, you know, and I was thinking, and I was, I was saying, well, you kind of, that sounds wonderful. I'm tethered here by family, but yet we have a virtual business. Right. And, um, and, and I kind of like you, Greg, I don't like, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I kind of enjoying this stage and I don't feel like in a big need and panic to go anywhere. Um, but you know, I'm, and we have a very fortunate lifestyle and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, to, but to, to have lived that other, like, so, so, um, ironically, my brother and I set up, um, and not, not in, not, we just talked about it, uh, after, you know, kind of after it happened, but we both became entrepreneurs and set up businesses and a big driver was that we wanted to be more available to our, our, we wanted to be fathers and more available to our families. And because we had a different experience of getting to know my father, great guys, become one of my best friends. But I didn't really know him until I was 16 years old because he was, right. busy, you know, doing what he felt was important. He was building a law practice and he was, you know, he was, he was working hard and when he didn't have any of the, the benefits of the technology now, but it was, you know, he did make it home for dinner and then back to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, I and missed a ton of stuff, I'm sure. Um, and it, you know, and it, it like it was like, and not not for lack of love or anything. It's just that was culturally kind of what and you know what was expected. So, yes. so I just it's so nice to hear you know you you kind of have this renaissance and this you know and and I can it, you can imagine how it feels because you I haven't had a, I haven't lived the other side of that except I experienced it you know as a child maybe. But you actually kind of had that that tension, that guilt about, geez, where should I be right now? I'm being paid. I should be showing up at, at the office, but I really want to be with my, you know, with my family or my kids or watching a volleyball game or whatever. What yeah. a, what an interesting transition for you. Well, you know, and, and it gives me chills actually you saying the other side of this, that coin, David, because um, you know, my my sons now are are 27, 22, and um my my baby, my baby girl is uh, 18. And so five years ago, you know, she would have been 13. And uh, so now she's got her own vehicle. She's never around and things like that. But, but, you know, I, I think of it's gone. That time now is gone. So if I had missed it and thank goodness I didn't, um, you know, our relationship is at a whole different level. And, and uh, so it's really good to hear that kind of response. And, and and uh, I'll let you I'll tell you guys this, this is not my this is my second renaissance in my in my my uh, career. So um, 19 years ago, I marked this by my 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 daughter. Um, I had a massive heart attack and uh, and almost died. And uh, at the time, 
Um, I had a pretty big job at, uh, at Intel at the time. I had uh, been, I wrote, you know, I promoted pretty quick in my career, too quick probably. Um, you know, at, at 30, I was at a very big organization and uh, I was a raging workaholic. So it was really, it was really bad. Like if, if I had taken a couple hours on the weekend to, uh, with my family, I remember the, you know, waves of guilt. That's how bad it was. Like it was, it was a sickness and it, uh, it caught up with me <laughs> big time. So at 34, I found myself on the wrong side of the set of paddles. And, um, and uh, really the only thing that saved me was I happened to be in Toronto at the time. And um, um, they were pushing TPA, which is a liquid, which is kind of a clot buster drug that uh, really saved my life. Um, I had a massive clot in my, uh, in my uh, what they call the widow maker, but the, the left anterior descendant. So if you know anything about that the heart muscle, it's a main artery. And uh, so that, that was a clarifying moment to say the least. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, because when I was coming back from the, and I think it's important to the, to the overall story here is that, um, and why the second week renaissance is, um, you know, it was very clarifying. When I was coming back from the brink and uh, it was that, it was complete darkness and silence and, and as I was coming back, I remember very vividly why I came in. And the only thing I thought about was my two boys and my wife. That's the only thing that mattered. And uh, it wasn't the, the meeting I had the next day with a, you know, a deal that was going sideways um, during my March break. It was, wasn't that. That didn't, that didn't concern me at all. It was that. And I said, I'm not leaving them without a father's and, and uh, husband. So I fought and... And then eventually, you know, I wake up to a episode of ER with a guy on top of me and paddles and people all around and lights and bells and whistles going on. So it was very clarifying. And, and um, that, that reset, that was like a reboot in how I did the work. So, you know, I had a choice to make. The, the company was extremely good. They, you know, flew the company plane to get us and, you know, take the time you need. Um, to, uh, to recover, you know, we need you, but we need you back healthy. And so they're very good. And, and I really had a choice. Do I, do I take a, a different job, like a, a smaller job, um, or do I kind of continue in the path I was on? And what I decided was that this was sort of, this stress was more about me and this, this sickness of work was more about me, not the job. And no matter what I was doing, I could still be in the same spot. So I ended up taking subsequently larger jobs, but um, I actually did it much different. So um, all the the uh, the books that I had in my on my bookshelf, you know, Seven Habits and, and leadership books and Simon and, and like I actually read them <laughs> and did did the work because I couldn't I couldn't physically do otherwise. So I had to get more of a nine to five-ish job, uh, more of a nine to five-ish role, hold people accountable, set clear objectives and goals and trust people do the job and not, and not do it for them or try to do it for them or think that I'm in the center of the universe. All those things. And it worked, you know, we, our department exceeded expectations. I think the second year I was back from my heart attack and, and it wasn't anything I did other than get out of the way and do things and lead differently. And um, I, I voraciously protected my weekends. Um, I was able to turn things off at night 
um, which I never could before. I was able to turn it off um, and then just go back in the morning and say, look, there's worse things than getting fired and dying is one of them. So, so yeah. uh, you know, that kind of mentality and, and it, 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 was a, it was a great ride. Um, a year later, my daughter was born. So that was kind of a nice, uh, a nice gift. Um, so she's very special. Um, and, uh, and that's how I marked the, the timing. Um, so, yeah, so, 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 so once, you know, I would say probably the last year or two, I was starting to get back into some old habits, forming some old habits and, you know, different environment and, and change and things like that. So that contributed to this fact that says, I'm, I, you know, I'm, now it's the time to leave and, let's not get back into that kind of kind of situation. So, so that's where I went completely different, you know, another choice to make. And I chose to, you know, I was blessed to be able to be set up, you know, to be able to do that. Not everyone is in that situation, but you know, there was some, some good luck and good management in there as well. You know, we don't, we paid off our mortgage and we were debt free and, and my wife's a, a teacher and, and still uh, is, uh, has a traditional job so so those things contributed to to the choice of course um but um i probably added years onto my life because because of this choice and uh yeah and even if i didn't <laughs> the time i've spent the last five years and the new relationships i've made globally through through being a digital independent like you know your world gets kind of you think it's big i know all these people in telecom and you think it's so big and vast and and then you step outside of that and the people I know locally here now and globally that have nothing to do with telecom or nothing to do with IT, um, it's incredible. And I, you know, I try to do it all the time is reconnect with people, you know, through LinkedIn. People get on LinkedIn for me. Hey, you look interesting. Um, your job title is good. You want to you chat for a coffee? And, and then, you know, it, uh, it goes from there. So, and I have the time and space to do that. Well, Glenn, the... Um... Uh, this is excellent. It's very motivating, inspiring to me watching your journey. Um, I haven't been able to dig deep into your community yet, but um, you've got a book on in the works and um, a yeah. community. Uh, we're coming close to the end of our time here, but uh, I, I want to make sure okay. you have an opportunity to uh, to kind of explain what's what's next. How do other people jump yeah. into this with you? Yeah, well, so so I'm, I you know um, I love the life. I want to sing the benefits. Uh, my my oldest son is living as a digital independent, so he doesn't have a traditional job. He's a cartoonist and a writer. Uh, Brandon Hicks Comics just came out with a couple of books himself, uh, the Manatee book. I'll put a plug there. Um, so yeah, so so um, I've started a community called Digital Independent Thought Life, and I'm trying to. It's amazing once you start searching how many people are out there at different stages of their life that have embraced this, and I want to build a community because. It can be a little lonely too if you're used to an organization. You know, it's it's great for freedom, but it's nice to be connected to to people like-minded. So, digital independent on life. I am writing a well. I'm I'm writing a book. I'm, I've got some help from a digital independent out of Petty Kodiak, Terry Terry McMackins, who's an amazing ghostwriter, and it's called Rewired, Not Retired, uh, Living or Embracing Life as a Digital Independent. So it's just sort of my reflections on the. The last five years, I'm by no means an expert, but it's just, you know, a few things to think about the emotional side of the, the transition, um, some practical things about how to 
to, to, to support and structure yourself and financially and that kind of stuff. So, and, you, you know, it's interesting. What's interesting, Glenn, uh, Dave, Glenn uh, gave me the honor of uh, reading a draft uh, and I read it on an airplane heading to Cuba, which was, and when I came back from that trip, reading yes. your book, uh, we went straight to quarantine because uh, we, we left to Cuba before there was a pandemic and came back to a pandemic. So that's kind of neat. And I really enjoyed reading it, uh, Glenn. So for um, for everybody who is listening, um, make sure that you tap into what Glenn's doing and uh, be ready to buy that book when, once, once it's ready and jump into the into the community. Dave, do you have any closing uh uh, oh, no, I just take, uh, Glenn, thanks for sharing your story. I mean, what a perspective, to, you know, in the first renaissance, as you call it, like, um, incredible and, you know, and, and neat to hear the transformation started to occur because um, I, I work with uh, and, and have become very good friends with um, some heart surgeons and they talk about the people that, you know, hit the brink and, and then swear off everything and then they see them five years later and they've gone back to that lifestyle. So even you, just almost creating that account. I think it seems like you're creating accountability for yourself, right? Like to, to say, yeah. even in this conversation, you know, I felt myself creeping back. Like that's like, we all, who can't, what human being can't relate to that. Right. So I just yeah. appreciate that. I think that's important. And then the other thing I was thinking is, um, is uh, you, you bring it up and, and we are, you know, the three of us, I think would be, we, we are very lucky to have these choices. And yeah, we are. I, I feel bad for people that, you know, don't have that choice, you know, for a variety of reasons, but, but there's so many that do that don't feel like they have a choice at the same time. And I think exactly. that they really benefit from that. Or if you, if you maybe don't have the choice right now, but you can inch closer to making that choice. I mean, I, I just hope people can do that because it's a, uh, I, I, you know, that, I, that concept feels right for me. It feels like how I've been living. And I think, right. I feel personally when I, my success of is when, when I see my kids and I'm like, hey, guys, do you want to go in the yard and do such and such? And they're like, nah, dad, we're, we, we hung up with you all yesterday. Like, we're fine. We're good. Right. And yes. I'm like, I know on one part, I feel like, I feel like, oh, I'm just kind of bummed out. But the other thing I was like, I'm around so much that they, that they don't feel the same need. Because I was like, he, you know, at first I was like, you guys, you know, I remember playing hockey with my dad once. <laughs> you, yeah. God, you know, it's like, how cool is that? That's that's an amazing uh, we're going to go out and play and you're going to love it. Damn it. <laughs> right. That's our time. We have a it's our, time. our time. No, but they, yeah. but it's, it's so ubiquitous in a way. And I mean, I say that and I feel very fortunate. I'm not, I'm not, but, but I, but that's been an indication I've learned. And I learned that a number of years ago, which is, yeah, can we, you know, we built a lifestyle and a home around a, a business um, to do exactly what you're describing so eloquently. So I look forward to the book. So sorry, that's a long uh, wrap up, but uh, really, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting to know you better, Glenn. Oh yeah, same here, David. And and I'll put a plug in. I I did have a, an executive coach um, a number of years ago. It was very, it was it was a great relationship. Unfortunately, he he passed too too early. Um, that's not to say any put to executive coaches, but <laughs> but uh, uh, Keith Thompson was his name, and and uh, amazing man. And and it's a it's a it really helped me a lot through that uh, transition and process. So it's, uh, it's definitely a great, a great service. Um, yeah, for sure. So I appreciate the plug. Thank you so much. Yeah. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's let, how do people, do we know how people can reach you and find you and yeah. learn about you? Yeah. So LinkedIn, Glenn Hicks on LinkedIn. Um, I, I love LinkedIn. I'm not a Twitter or a Facebook fan. God, we're, I do, we're I do the gram. I, 
we're the same person. Like this isn't too much negativity. I just, I can't, and no, and too much anonymity. So anyways, I'm, I'm not a Jeff Roach, my business partner loves Twitter, but I'm just, it's not my thing. Anyways, uh, so LinkedIn, I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. I'm on it a lot. And uh, digitalindependent.life, I will say it's under construction. It's just, just it's evolving, So, uh, but it's there. So, and there's some of our, my stories and other people's stories on it. And, um, and then ustation.ca, if you want to learn a little bit about uh, a company that's we're building to support digital independent lifestyle. So that's how you can, uh, that's how you can find me. Nice. Glenn, rock and roll, man. Thanks for everything that you do, Glenn. And uh, looking forward to you uh, cruising, cranking your sea to across my waterfront here uh, one of these days. Is that you? Like I see, I see like guys now and it's cold. I'm no, that's not. Just me. Cool. Well, <laughs> no, uh, no, I, I put the, I put the little, we bought a little bay liner last year, boat, uh, bow rider. So I put that in this time of year, maybe another yeah, month. Yeah, well, come, come, come visit. You, you yeah. know where my mooring is. Come but, visit. My, well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll those, those, those guys are out this early in the season. Are the ass because that my kids. Why can't we? Kill them? Like I'm not. Because kidding. you will die if you fall <laughs> off in that cold water. It is silly. <laughs> Okay, guys, have a great one, and thanks, Glenn, for inspiring, man. That's awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.